Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast. No matter what level runner you are, and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running-related information, inspirational stories about real runners, and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch. Well, hello, runners. How are you? Are you enjoying spring, late spring? And we're almost segueing into the summer months. The weather's so nice, at least here in Denver, Colorado. My name is Jim Lynch. This is my podcast, Feel Good Running. I'd like to welcome you to it. Well, it's been a while since you and I have connected. I took a little time off. I was extremely busy over the last few months. Let me tell you how busy I was. I was out in Maui in April. And that was for the Maui Marathon. I'm a course director. And the event went very well. It was a great race. We had great participation. The weather was great. Everything was running on all cylinders. And uh, it was a lot of work for our committee, but we got it done. And I just can't tell you how wonderful it was. If you are listening and you had a chance to be out in Maui for the marathon or the half marathon, 10K, 5K, or even the marathon relay this year. Well, thank you for coming out. It really was a good event, at least in my opinion and all the feedback that we received. And so I stayed out there for about three weeks. And one of the reasons is I am the new race director for the Maui Marathon. Your host is a race director. Hmm. How's that going to work out? Well, I know that whole event very well and I know the course very well and but the key is we have a great team our committee is awesome and that team is very strong the current race director John Emerson he wants to step back guys retired wants to enjoy life a little bit he's still going to be very involved with the marathon but he wants to hand that off to someone else and that someone is me so I'm very excited about it. We're looking forward to 2023. The date for the Maui Marathon in 2023 is April 23rd, which is a Sunday. So uh, registration's not open yet, but it's going to be open soon. We're retooling the website right now, and our website is MauiMarathon.com. We're also redoing the logo. This year was our 50th anniversary, and we built the logo around the 50th anniversary. Actually, it was the 50th anniversary of the live running of the event. So we're designing a new logo. And that'll be out. I think we're going to have all this done probably about the second week of July, and then we'll open up registration. So be on the lookout for that. I will definitely announce it on a future podcast when registration is open. So when I got back to Denver, which was right around May 10th, something like that, that following Thursday, I attended a meeting for the Colfax Marathon at Empire Field, which is the home of the Denver Broncos. We call it Mile High Stadium. And this was a mandatory meeting held, and I'm involved with the Colfax Marathon. And this meeting was the opportunity for the race directors to provide final instructions for the event because it was coming up the following Sunday. And we got uh, some swag and other things that were necessary for us to perform our duties. And then that Sunday, the Colfax Marathon here in Denver took place. And it was a great event. Really, really well participated. 
perfect day, another perfect day for a race. And my job was to be at the splits. And what I mean by splits is the half marathon did a loop around City Park, came out onto Colfax, and then they had to do another loop and go through the zoo and all that and then come back out again. And then the marathon went straight down Colfax Avenue. So I was making sure that the runners were going in the right direction. And then after that part was done, I moved over towards the finish line area. As the runners were coming into the corral to go to the finish line, I separated them out between the half marathon and then all the other races uh, on another uh, section of the corrals. So I was responsible for that. And it was such an exciting event, and I'm very happy I was involved with that. And then I was on jury duty. There was about 110 potential jurors, and it was whittled down to, you know, of course, the full jury, which is 14 people, 12 jury members, and then uh, two alternates. And I was selected to be on a murder trial. It was, let's put it this way, it was very rewarding to be on a jury. And I'm not saying that uh, in regards to the actual case itself and, you know, the defendant that was involved or anything like that. I had a chance to see how our judicial system worked. And in a criminal case, the prosecution bears the burden of proving that the defendant is guilty beyond all reasonable doubt. And this means that the prosecution must convince the jury that there is no other reasonable explanation that can come from the evidence presented at the trial. Now, obviously, there's charges that are put in place at the beginning. In this case, it was first-degree murder, first-degree attempted murder, and first-degree assault against the defendant. So we had to look at the prosecution's case And then, obviously, the defense and the information and witnesses that they presented. And then make our verdict uh, based on that. And and we did. And I can say, because you, you don't know anything about the case, but I'm allowed to talk about it. We found the defendant guilty of second degree murder, second degree attempted murder. And first degree assault. And the defendant will be sentenced sometime late September of this year. So what I got out of this is, first of all, there's no winners. A person died and the person that killed this person is going to be in prison for many, many years. So that's a no win right there. But we always look at TV court cases and look at the media and form our opinion saying, oh, that person's guilty. Ah, it's not guilty, whatever. We don't know all the facts. I mean, we could only see the facts of this case and saw some things I didn't particularly want to see, but it was necessary in order to come up with a verdict. Um, And so now I will be more open-minded and not form an opinion on these court cases that are you watch on TV um, because, it, you know, you just don't know all the facts. You really don't. So I'm glad I got to see the process and be a part of the process. And uh, I have a much greater respect for our judicial system after serving on a jury. 
All right. So then after that, I was involved for three days up in the mountains of Colorado with the North Fork Trail Ultra Race, which was a 50 miler and a 50K and spent all weekend working on that uh, about a week ago. So now my schedule is clear and I can start focusing on the podcast again. I do not like to have these breaks, so it will not happen all the time, but every so often it's necessary. All right, it is time for us to get into this episode's news, running news, and uh, got a couple good stories in here. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So good to, good to be back and good to, uh, good to deliver you another fresh podcast episode. And by the way, we are just shy of 30,000 downloads since I started this. So thank you so much for your patience, hanging in there, listening to my podcast. I so appreciate it. All right. Let's get on with the news. Searching anywhere and everywhere? Get ready, because it's time for this episode's inspirational feel-good running news. Running is a sport with power. It requires a lot of power, and it creates power. It's powerful enough to transform people and literally change lives. On my podcast, I talk a lot about how running can make us smarter, happier, confident, and just overall more balanced. And there's even more to it for a lot of runners because running completely changed the course of their lives. For them, running transformed their body, mind, and soul. I like to go back to 2021. A running milestone happened at the 2021 Austin Marathon. For the very first time, a woman with Down syndrome finished the race. Kaylee Williamson finished the race by committing to her health and fighting like hell. Her mom, Sandy, was also very pushy, but in a good way. Their story starts when Kaylee was born. Sandy's heart sank in anticipation of the news she was about to receive when the doctor did her newborn's first checkup. She cried when she heard the news that she says she already knew to be true, that Kaylee was born with Down syndrome. As the years went by, Kaylee developed a multitude of health problems and continuously gained weight. Kaylee was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and then hyperthyroidism, which are prevalent for Down syndrome individuals. She also had sleep apnea, prediabetes, and immune thrombocytopenia, or ITP, a condition which the blood doesn't clot normally, leading to Graves' disease. Graves' disease is an immune system disorder that results in the overproduction of thyroid hormones. When Kaylee reached about 215 pounds, doctors gave Sandy the grim warning that things would not end well for her daughter. It was a dark time for the family since Sandy's mother was permanently disabled from a stroke due to Alzheimer's disease, and Sandy worried about Kaylee heading for the same fate since Alzheimer's has a 90% chance of developing in people with Down syndrome. Admittedly, the family had a terrible lifestyle when it came to nutrition and health. They survived on fast food and sodas, and there was zero physical exercise in their day-to-day routine. With all the health issues Kaylee faced and her own health on the line, 
Sandy knew they were at a crossroads. It was time to change, and not just change for Kaylee, but change for herself. She decided that she had to do something drastic because if she didn't, she would have to live with the realization that if she lost Kaylee due to something that could have changed, she would have to live with that. And who could? Ever. Sandy put it this way. Like many parents in my position, it's tough to start a journey like this. In the beginning, you'll say, my kid can't do this. But really, the parent doesn't see themselves doing it. And they can project that on the child. I've been told the worst case scenarios with Kaylee since she was born. My approach with Kaylee has always been, you don't allow somebody to put a cap on you. We all got limits, what we can do and what we can't do. But we work really hard to knock what we can do out of the park. So together they started a weight loss program through Weight Watchers. They used the point system and Sandy realized that simultaneously, Kaylee's changes also benefited her. Sandy says that this lifestyle change was something for the whole household. She thinks that's a critical point. Kaylee's going to do what she sees the household doing. They both lost a bunch of weight then they started running together. Sandy started running and Kaylee joined her. Again, Sandy realized what she was doing was setting the example and what Kaylee saw she would most likely do. They kept working at it and Kaylee finally ran the Austin 10 miler in the allotted time in her third year of trying. She was so excited to go on to the half marathon, which she did in February 2017 in six hours and 22 minutes at the Austin half marathon. Organizers were waiting at the finish line with her distance challenge jacket to put it on her. It's a moment Sandy and Kaylee will never forget. Since then, she's run 15 half marathons and the Austin Marathon marks her first, but perhaps not last, 26.2 marathon. The Williamson duo have a goal to run a half marathon in every state to honor Kaylee's grandmother who passed away from Alzheimer's in early 2021. They've completed four states so far. At the Austin Marathon finish line, Sandy choked up and said, If there's one thing people see when they see us out there, it should be the possibility in themselves. Kaylee is now healthy. She has lost 80 pounds, which she maintains today. Not only that, Kaylee's ITP went into remission. Her sleep apnea is gone. Her Graves disease went into remission and has been for four years. Normally, individuals with Down syndrome at her age, which is now 30, have more autoimmune disorders being diagnosed. She has a whole new life, and that's because Sandy and Kaylee committed to this lifestyle change. You know, Kaylee has been through more than most of us and yet has an outlook on life that we can all learn from. Sandy says, I never doubted she could finish the races. I don't believe that our circumstances should dictate who we become. I think our circumstance becomes a part of who we become. And the true testimony of who you are and your character is what you take of those circumstances and make yourself out of. She went on to say, it went from me protecting my daughter from the world to me realizing my daughter can take on the world. And as a mother, I'm proud of that. Wow. 
Runners, just let that sink in for a little bit. And be sure to connect to their story in the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com for this episode. It's such a powerful story about creating power, right? Kaylee and Sandy, thank you so much for your inspiration. You both are very amazing. And I wish you both the best with your future running goals and in life in general. The best to you. I've been running for years and I'm consciously aware of my family's very long history of heart disease. My father passed away from a heart attack when I was just 10 years old. A brother has had several heart attacks and a few strokes and two other brothers had bypass surgeries. Me, knock on wood. I've been unscathed by heart medical conditions thus far, but I know without a doubt I could be a ticking time bomb and realize something could happen without notice at any time. This certainly has me concerned, but I take precautions by having a regular checkup and also taking cholesterol-lowering medication. And of course, running and keeping fit, along with watching what I eat, though I'm not perfect, helps me maintain my health and gives me a little bit of an insurance policy, though it is not guaranteed that I'll have a healthy life. Verissimo Costa from the Bronx is a runner and a healthy man. Well, that is until one day his heart stopped during a run. As he was out for just a normal run in 2018, he collapsed and had no pulse for several minutes. Verissimo was rushed to the hospital where he needed emergency heart surgery. Spending weeks recovering, he was back running once again and ran the 2022 Brooklyn Half Marathon last month. Verissimo said, The first month after surgery, I was a little depressed because I've been running all my life. I get that. I'd be depressed too. So he went on to say that the doctors were shocked by my recovery. Well, the good news is once he recovered, he got back to what he loves doing best, running. Verissimo's surgeon, Dr. John Puskas, heart was touched by Verissimo's recovery, so much so that it inspired him to run the half marathon with Verissimo. And now they made a pact to run the Brooklyn Half Marathon every year together. And how did they do this year? Well, Verissimo's time was 2 hours, 30 minutes, and 44 seconds. And Dr. Puskas finished in 2 hours, 1 minute, and 4 seconds. How awesome is that? We're so proud of both of them. All right, let's move on. Now, Mark Smith loves the Garden of the Gods 10-mile trail race and has run it a number of times. In 2001, last year, it was a beautiful day and a lot of excitement, and he was really looking forward to the run. Mark said, I was running along when I looked down. I said to myself, oh, there's Rock Ledge Ranch. And then I was in the hospital. Patrick Bennett saw Mark and rolled him over and noticed he did not have a heartbeat. Others came together to help, and as a group, they got in a line to start chest compressions. Doctors said that Mark's heart stopped for 24 minutes, and if the runners didn't jump in when they did, there could have been a very different outcome. Mark said, the people that were most impressed with the outcome were people in the medical profession because they knew I shouldn't be here. Well, he is still here, and he got to run this year's Garden of the Gods 10-mile trail race with the people that saved him, and he said it was an honor. Mark finished the race in one hour, 29 minutes, and 27 seconds. 
so inspirational. I truly believe the successful comeback of both of these amazing individuals is their love of running and their passion and desire to get back out there no matter what. Mine is very powerful. Runners have incredible drive and make the seemingly impossible possible. Now, if you are new to running, please be sure to check with your doctor before starting a running program. As for me, each day is a gift and I personally will keep running and hope my heart keeps beating. Runners are heading back to running races in droves, being involved with the Maui Marathon and a volunteer at the Denver Colfax Marathon. It is beautiful to see our sport back in full force. Now, if you're a running junkie and follow running, along with all of us regular folks, celebrities are also running races and not just full marathons, but also half marathons. And on May 21st, L. Roker, the famous weatherman from the Today Show, completed the Brooklyn Half Marathon. L., who is 67, was overweight 340 pounds worth back in the day. And in 2002, he decided to focus on his health, changed his lifestyle, had gastric bypass surgery, and dropped 100 pounds. Can you believe he wore a size 54 waist jeans back in the day? And if you go to this episode's show notes at feelgoodrunning.com, there's a link to a video and picture of L holding up those jeans. It's crazy. Now his weight is around 190 pounds. In 2011, he did gain 40 pounds back when his mother died. However, in 2019, he lost 40 pounds on the keto diet, a high-fat, low-carb plan. The weather was quite hot for the race, and even with the heat, L finished the race in 3 hours, 19 minutes, and 31 seconds. And a wonderful surprise was waiting for him at the finish line. L's wife, Deborah Roberts, was there to place his well-deserved medal around his neck. Though L is a well-known celebrity, he is an everyday runner like most of us. And this, in my opinion, is what running is all about. L's story is just one of the endless stories of a runner overcoming obstacles to achieve an accomplishment that was impossible to imagine at one point. Rock on, L. You use your platform to inspire many of us runners. Thank you. And by the way, if anybody out there that's listening knows L. Roker, I'd love to have him on as a guest for my podcast. And this can happen by emailing me at jim at feelgoodrunning.com. Jim at feelgoodrunning.com. Let's get Al on the podcast. I'd love to talk to him about weight loss and how running factored into it. Again, rock on, Al. Okay, runners, this next story does not pertain to running, but I just need to share it because it is so off the charts crazy. I live in Colorado, and Colorado has 58 mountain peaks exceeding 14,000 feet. To climb some or all of them is quite challenging, and it's popular amongst people. I've not climbed even one of them, but I know people that have, and they love it. As a matter of fact, it's June, and here in Denver, Mount Evans is visible and is even slightly snow-capped. In the running world, there are some really crazy people. I actually interviewed a gentleman earlier on in my podcast journey, Ben Blows. He ran the 2017 London Marathon with a 55-pound tumble dryer strapped to his back. 
There is another guy in the UK named Tony the Fridge who runs marathons with a refrigerator strapped to his back. I find it hard enough to run with a hydration pack strapped to my back, and that is just for a couple miles. You runners out there probably heard one or two stories yourself. Crazy stuff, man. Well, I came across a real, let's say, nut job. And I do say that in the kindest way, of course. Bob Salem from Colorado Springs will attempt to push a peanut up Pike's Peak and get this with his nose. Yes, the entire 13 miles, 14,115 foot Pike's Peak Summit. One small, measly peanut with his nose. Why is he doing this? Well, apparently to honor Manitou Springs' 150th anniversary. That's it. That is the reason. Hmm. Bob will use some contraption taped to his nose to roll this peanut up the mountain. Imagine that. Put that visual in your head. So to further dive into this absolute craziness, Bob is not the only person to attempt such a nutty feat. In 1929 already, Bill Williams from Texas made a $500 bet with friends, and he and the peanut summited Pikes Peak, which took him 22 days. 22 days. And if you want to know what $500 was worth back then, the equivalency today would be $8,546.67. Yeah, I looked it up. And even that record fell in 1963 when 21-year-old Ulysses Baxter made the push with a large wooden salad spoon taped to his nose. And he did it in just eight days. (laughs) Competition, man, competition. All right, get your pen and paper out and get ready to mark this down. There is a live celebration starting at the Bar Trail Trailhead on July 9th with live entertainment. And you can even meet Bob the Peanut Pusher to cheer him on as he and his peanut start their adventure up Pike's Peak. I don't know what I'm doing July 9th, but hey, you know, if you're in the area and not doing anything, check it out. And oh yeah, if you are ever in Manitou Springs, check out the Manitou Springs Heritage Center and Museum. There you will learn more about the history of the Pikes Peak peanut pushers, and you can even look at an actual peanut that was used to push up Pikes Peak. It's permanently encased and on display from a previous peanut pusher. Wow. No words, man. No words. Okay, all seriousness, I really wish Bob tremendous success with his peanut pushing mountain climbing journey. And you know what? I was thinking about it. All of these individuals have a real nose for adventure. Well, runners, I hope you enjoyed this episode's running and I guess not so running news. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com for links to the stories you just heard. And also, check out other episodes. Really, there's a lot of them in there. I think you'll enjoy them. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for a quote, and I love the quotes. And though I don't know who came up with this quote, it was posted on Instagram from at gone for a run. Now, it is slightly altered from a Louis Armstrong song, What a Wonderful Life. And it goes like this, pretty simple too. And I think to myself, 
What a wonderful run. Hmm. Maybe we don't say that about every run, but I can honestly say for the majority of my runs personally, I think to myself, what a wonderful run. Yeah, think about that this week, and I hope you have a wonderful run. Actually, I hope you have several wonderful runs this week. All right, I want to thank you again so much for sticking with me and the Feel Good Running podcast. I promise not to have such a large gap between podcast episodes in the future. And of course, if you could share this episode and the Feel Good Running podcast with your running friends and on your social media networks, man, I would be so grateful. I would, if I could... I would come out and personally thank you, each and every one of you. I'd shake your hand, high five you, whatever, and thank you. Because really, you are the reason the show is growing. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a show. So there you go. Well, have a great running day. And remember to be kind to everyone, even those that are not kind to you. People are struggling all over the U.S. today with what's going on with inflation and gas prices. Things are tight. But by being kind to everyone, it will make things a little better. It's the right thing to do. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good.